Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's Word. Let's join him now. All right, Eric, we are in 1 Corinthians, this time chapter 2. Right at the start, Paul, this fascinates me as as a pastor, as a preacher, his words in chapter 2. I'm going to read from the NIV. Paul writes about when he came to the Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Do you think Paul was an eloquent man as he would speak? He says his speech was contemptible, or his bodily presence was contemptible. His speech was rough. But he's eloquent with the pen. I have to think, and we know he was intelligent. In fact, he says, I didn't come with you superior wisdom. But this was a bright guy. He was trained under Gamaliel. Yes. Sometimes people that are very uh, eloquent in words take a lot of time to craft their words, and they have to go through it over and over again. I've known a few writers like that, that, and maybe I even count myself. It takes me a long time to say something well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't come across very well at the beginning. I might even stutter a bit, but later, if I have a chance to review it and rewrite it, then it will be well. Okay, so <laughs> my perception of the Apostle Paul was that he was a very intelligent man, above average by far, he doesn't describe himself, as you see right here in this uh, text, as an eloquent, I guess you say, he doesn't present himself as a skilled professional orator, but I think he was probably eloquent in the sense of knowing how to use the language of the day. But let's go ahead and see what the rest of the text says. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. So let me summarize what I hear Paul saying. In other words, I'm going to put this in my own words. Paul is saying, I intentionally and strategically chose not to display any level of eloquence or superior intelligence and wisdom, because I wanted you to recognize that the power is from God rather than from man. And the truth is, if he had been too smart, anyone else could say, well, I could never do that. I could never share the gospel that way. And sometimes if a person is so super powerful, you might think, well, I can never measure up, so I won't even try. And I think the fact that uh, he presented the gospel through uh, acts of faith instead of uh, acts of skill is, uh, is, is an encouragement to everyone else that all we have to do is put our faith in Christ and he will work through us whether we recognize uh, our uh, academic qualifications or not. We're living in an era in North American Christianity in which the church is oftentimes built around the eloquence of a particular leader, and the congregation considers themselves to be, let me put it this way, the congregation probably subconsciously gathers together what we call church buildings to have music and sing songs and listen to a preacher, a pastor. And in many ways, I think we have trained our congregations to critique us in terms of level of entertainment value. And I know this isn't consciously done necessarily by Christians in North America, but I think it's what we have, it's the product we have produced for a consumeristic Christian culture. I think there's a problem when we don't recognize the ability of other Christians around the world uh, who truly know the Lord and love the Lord to be able to contribute something to the body of Christ. 
Let me give you an, another uh, story and see what you think about it. Have you ever been to a church where their entire sermon message is only consists of, dating myself now, cassette tapes? so that at the Sunday service, they don't have anyone leading the service. Instead, they play a recording, an audio recording of a particular person, and that person has been, say, dead for 30 years, (laughs) 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 and the only person they listen to is uh, this uh, particular person whom they might consider to be their prophet or their apostle or their leader. Now, I don't think that's acceptable. I do believe, and I don't have any problem with someone having a recording of a message, uh, as long as, but especially you, you feel stability if they recognize there's unity in the body and that the Holy Spirit has gifted many people with wisdom and knowledge to be able to speak on the resurrection or the second coming or Bible prophecy or the integrity of the New Testament or you know Old Testament feasts and festivals. There's a whole lot of things that people can speak with expertise on. But the time that we think there's only one person with the full revelation and only they can speak, and even if they've been dead, we have to go back and listen to their messages and instead of anything contemporary, that becomes a form of man worship. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy spiritually. No, and I can, of course, think of some Christian movements uh, that, that are guilty of this to this day. And I think not just movements or churches, but individual Christians, we can elevate one teacher and place them so high in esteem that we don't necessarily uh, get a diet of the whole body of Christ or various teachers, which help keeps, keeps us balanced. But I quoted from a book in our previous Bible chat. I'll quote from that same one to, again, again from chapter one of Principles for the Gathering of Believers Under the Headship of Jesus Christ. Listen to this. When we come together for fellowship, we are prone to bring many preconceived notions of how a meeting should operate. We tend to rate our experience based on how good the worship made us feel or how affected we were by a particular sermon, all too easily forgetting that it isn't about us at all. It is about Him. If we, can, if we come to meet with the living God and to experience Him rather than looking to men, we would be much more edified, and that would result in our glorifying Him even more. The famous pastor in Scotland known as the Prophet of Dundee once wrote, For every time you look to men, look ten times to Christ. This constant looking back to Christ will keep us from judging others and will allow us not to be discouraged even when we see problems with others in the body. This is my concern about the North American church is that we have become entertainment-oriented subconsciously for most believers and most leaders even. We think we're doing good by trying to have these very impressive skilled orators as preachers or pastors where people walk away going, what a great sermon instead of preaching that is focused on delivering the Word of God faithfully, passionately, accurately, and lovingly. Well, those might have been the elements that made it great, though. True, but in my background with learning of preaching, far too often preaching books and stuff like that, once you get past being faithful to the text, so much of it has to do with how impressive are you as a speaker, how funny are you, how much do people love listening to you, all those things which they're not bad in and of themselves, but they become the focus rather than Christ himself and that particular message Christ wants to deliver to the congregation. And here's this text I go back to, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, to say, you know what? Paul said, I don't want it to be about how impressed you were with me, how impressed you were with my speaking. I want it to be about God and his power. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. 
Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville. It is copyrighted by Brett A. Marani, 2022.